everybody, the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. This is episode 130, I think. We're just yeah, man. right along. Fucking blasting through them. I know, man. It's wild. And, uh, you know, I'm Doug, joined by my co-hosts over here, Doug and Bug. How y'all gentlemen doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you guys? Boy, I'll tell you what, I'm excited for this weekend. I can't, I can't accurately put it into words if i'm being honest how excited i am for what's coming up this weekend and if you uh follow big dudes in the trenches at all you know exactly what i'm talking about we'll get to it later don't worry yeah before we get to what bugs looks excited about we have a little bit of nfl news a little bit of college news to get through then we have some off-season stuff for the nfl and uh i mean there's a lot to talk about today but i did want to start off the show by saying that i did cave and i bought the new uh, Lego Star Wars Complete Saga. And? <laughs> review? I was going to say, you told us we were going to get the reviews. Right. I know. It's uh, it's alright. It's okay. One, what? Thing that, one thing that really annoys me about modern gaming is the way they try to be like the only game you'll need for the entire year. And so it's like, you're really getting your $60 worth. Okay. I don't want 1,200 different little bricks I need to go collect. I need to go through each level four different times for the different characters. I want the OG version of, there's like six mini kits. You gotta go find them. Maybe you have to go back in with a different character. Maybe you don't even have to. But like some of these space battles, it's impossible to find these mini kits, dude. Unless you're just completely ignoring the mission. I don't want to do that. And it's so long. I am halfway through episode two right now. I started episode one. It Fun fact. Brutal. We've just learned that Doug is a speedrunner on the modern campaign games. <laughs> That's what I'm he's trying to be. Fuck your side quests. That is absolutely the opposite of the truth. I do all of the side quests, <laughs> and that's my problem. It's also, so you're a completionist. It's, it's literally impossible to get all of the studs. They've made it literally impossible to get 100% of the studs on the ground, and it annoys me to death. That's fair. Because they regenerate. Oh my god. So so I have to stop collecting studs at some point and continue playing the game, and I can't control myself. <laughs> I mean, this isn't this isn't football related, but you know, opening day was, what, last Thursday? Last Thursday, I think? Right. Around the show... Now. The show came out before the season, which is the first time in like five years this happened. And me and Tug here found out you can play co-op online. And all I learned from that is I would love to play Tug head-to-head because he swings at everything. Facts. These are these are facts. Uh-huh. Man, video game struggles. We, hold on. We, we also learned that Microsoft is giving Sony the big middle finger uh, with the show because uh, oh, it's yeah. free on Game Pass. Oh, jeez. After years of exclusivity on free. PlayStation, it's it. free. Yeah, take it. Gosh. Take it and like it. Take that, San Diego Studios. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. I, I won't lie. Uh, we are avoiding our first story. Right. And, uh, a lot of our NFL stories today that I'm actually looking at it. Yeah, are really really, it's really yeah. all the NFL news. Um, we don't yeah. like talking about this stuff, but it is... Obviously, the uh, the top news stories in the football landscape right now. And Doug, I'll let you kind of take the first one. 
uh, you definitely have the most investment in this one. Well, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Dwayne Haskins passed away. Um, if you don't know who Dwayne Haskins is, you probably haven't been watching football in the last couple of years. But he was record-setting quarterback at Ohio State for the one season that he was a starter there. Beat out Joe Burrow, by the way. Fun, fun fact. He got taken the first round of the NFL draft by the Washington, at the time, the Washington Redskins. And, uh, yeah, he was... He was actually in line to compete for something here with the Steelers. He was probably going to back up Mason Rudolph, but, you know, Tomlin was giving him the ability to compete at least. And, and I remember uh, I remember at one point last year he had a – he had Big Ben's endorsement, right? Right. I mean, right. there are a lot of people believed in him. The, the issue I think he ran into, and he had all the making in the world. The dude was going to be – uh, man, he might have been reconsidering the NFL. He just didn't have the coaching staffs that believed in him, at least not in Washington to begin with. I think he finally had that out in Pittsburgh, and he was going to have a good year this year. And it's just brutal to me that he was only 24 years old. Yep. Uh, Birthday's the day after mine. It That hit me very hard, even more yeah. than him being an Ohio State guy. And uh, I really... You know, pray for his wife, Calabria. Um, I have. He will be honored at Ohio State's spring game this weekend. If you're interested in seeing a ceremony for him, uh, that will take place before the game. And I know Pittsburgh Steelers organization has been fantastic about the way they handle this sort of thing. Uh, they usually are. When when tough news comes out. The Steelers, they're probably one of the best organizations about how they handle it. So They're still wearing stickers on their helmets to celebrate uh, their former owner. I for, God damn it. I know it's art something. Rooney, you want to tell him? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I So, I think what's the worst part about it, like, the only reason he was in Florida was... Actually, it was actually Mitch Trubisky, I believe, set up a whole thing. Quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, we're all going to go down to South South Florida and we're going to work out together. We're going to do some off-season workouts, start building, uh, building timing, building rhythm. And I don't – I've heard so many different stories about what he was actually doing because he was hit on the freeway by a dump truck. And – I can't think of a single scenario where he was in the wrong. I've seen fingers pointed. I have seen fingers pointed at him. And we'll we'll talk about some of that here in a minute as well. Yeah. Uh, but I've heard he was helping somebody or that his car broke down. The first thing I heard was that he was jogging, which doesn't, like, that doesn't make sense. Why would you no. be jogging along the interstate? Um, I heard he ran out of gas. I mean, there I heard, I've heard that too, yeah. All sorts of theories. It's not even cool to speculate. Uh, what's really not cool is a lot of the initial media coverage surrounding this. Um, Adam Schefter <laughs> deleted his tweet, thankfully. It's not cool. Just the, way, 
the way some of these people have talked about it was really unfortunate, to say the least. I and, go ahead. I think Schefter got the most. Uh, Schefter got the most re- heat and recognition because it was in printed text. Right. Bill Brandt was on a radio show, and he has a tweet, an apology tweet up as well, because he brought up how Haskins leaving college early played into him dying this past weekend. Like that's just, I, I don't even want to repeat anything more than that. Like that even makes me uncomfortable to say, but it, it right. was just, it was disgusting. Some of the things he was saying, and I was just like, why would you, why are you bringing any of this up? Like if you feel that way, okay, whatever. I'm not going to say anything to you about it. Like I, I can't change your mind. I'm not going to, but don't bring that up when you're talking about a young man that just passed away. Yeah, no, that's that's unsatisfactory. And you know what? I will give him a little bit of credit for actually posting out an apology tweet. Um, Adam Schefter did no such thing. He just deleted his tweet and put out a new one that wasn't any better. It, it wasn't worse. I would I would say it was marginally better. Well, did you read did you read the article that he put up on ESPN.com afterwards? It I was did not read the article. Almost as bad as the tweet. And, and, and that's unacceptable. And that's on. At this point, that's on ESPN. Uh, when you have players in the league actually coming after your top insider, then come on, it's it's time to move on. He's lost a lot of credibility over the past few few days, just alone, and he's been losing credibility weeks and years past couple gone of years, on. Yeah, but at th- at this point, ESPN, cut your losses. Find find somebody new because let's be honest, you guys can just say this person's an insider, and you're going to give them the connections they need. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh. It's <laughs> right, it's messed up. I don't even know I don't need to explain why it's messed yeah. up. It's really it's obvious if you're a decent human being. So we're gonna we're gonna move on off that. Uh rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Um, RP Dwayne Haskins. And let's talk about another Another player passing away, Hall of Famer, offensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys, Rayfield Wright, also known as Big Cat. Um, he was 76 years old and was diagnosed with dementia in 2012. It's football-related injuries. Apparently, he's been having seizures basically ever since he retired from the league. Uh, has all sorts of memory issues, uh, personality issues at random times due to, seems to be, due to his concussions, uh, which he he said he had so many he couldn't even count them. Um, brutal, brutal way to go. That is, I'm very glad football has come a long way in understanding these things. I know we still have a long way to go. But, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I would say it's 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 pretty eye opening because I I think Vince or not Vince Jesus Jim McMahon last name always fucks me up man Jim McMahon I, it's pretty eye opening and it, it definitely puts a spotlight on skill players taking hits like that this is an offensive lineman right this is this you know, offensive lineman defensive lineman even and probably linebackers I'll throw them in there too they're dealing with CTE and concussions and head injuries but everybody just looks past it 
everybody just looks past it because they're doing it every single play. They don't have the the one big hit where they get rocked, and you know, he, the living well, no longer living proof, but you have proof right here that this is something that is plaguing everybody in the league. And really, there's no way. What's scary is there is no way to prevent offensive line and defensive line concussions like that. Well, there is, and, and football has come a long way with that. So back in the day, uh, a lot of it, a lot of the way offensive line coaches, and, and this goes into his time in the league, let alone his time as a youth player for Rayfield right here. A lot of them would used to teach you, get them with your helmet first, put your head down, drive forward, put your head down, drive forward. Thankfully, football as a whole is moving on from that. I've seen a lot of the coaching uh uh, certifications on it and how to avoid it. And as a whole, football is moving away from that. They're trying to get you to drive with your hands first, which is the proper move, especially on the line. Because you're right, and it's been so long that a lot of people don't know that these linemen are getting concussions. I saw it when I was in high school where there was a lineman who played guard, was in the huddle, got to the line, looked over the dude next to him and said, uh, what, what's the count? Like, not that he was stupid. He was an intelligent kid. He just could not remember it at this point in the middle of a game and nobody knew it. Yeah. Because, because there is no big hit. You don't, the linemen don't get that look um, because of how they were taught coming up through the, through the year groups on how to be a lineman. And that's so nowadays it's evident that that was so wrong. And as a whole, we are moving past it. Unfortunately, it's going to take another 10 years before that reaches up to the highest levels. You're probably right. Hopefully we don't see too many more instances like this in the future. I'm sure there's going to be a wave of them uh, like in this starting, you know, it's already started. We're already mm-hmm. seeing a lot He's, of these guys. I hate to say it, Rayfield Wright is the generation that this was right. a major issue with right. because we didn't understand it. I mean, that's just, that's really sad. Um, yeah. Let's keep moving here. We have one more to talk about. I what a way to start the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, University of Wisconsin running backs coach Gary Brown has passed away at the age of fifty-two. Now he's University of Wisconsin coach. Why do I have this NFL news? Most of his time was spent in the NFL. Uh, he played in the NFL for eight years with the Oilers, Chargers, and Giants. He actually had 1,000-yard seasons with the Oilers and the Giants. Um, was first diagnosed with colon cancer when he was the running backs coach for the Browns. And he was the coach for Peyton Hillis when he broke out. Uh, went on to the Dallas Cowboys. Was the running backs coach for them. Went to Marco Murray, uh, Darren McFadden, and Ezekiel Elliott. Eclipse a thousand yards in various seasons and kind of retired from the Cowboys. Wasn't really let go necessarily. It was maybe a little bit mutual, but it was kind of he wanted to move on. Ended up at Wisconsin and his health problems really caught up to him. And uh, 52 is a little bit too young to be dying of colon cancer, man. That's really rough. And he's one of the great running back coach of this era, honestly. Um, a lot of players coming out in you know, support of Gary Brown recently just saying how much he meant 
to them and their current Wisconsin running backs saying a lot of the same things. Um, really sad to see him go here. Yeah, this one hits home for me for my own personal reasons. Um, dude, honestly, fighting for 10 years, uh, what, 13 years? I don't know when he was actually diagnosed, but 10, 13 years with colon cancer, that's that's absolutely insane, man. Good for him. What a fighter, and I'm sad to see him go. Yeah, I got nothing more to add. I just want to get out of death. Right. That's, that's all we have for death. It happens. It's sad. We needed to talk about it. Let's let's talk about some other things happening. The world does go on, um, and let's let's go ahead and talk about some other college news. Um, I guess let's talk about Bob Bowlesby first here. Uh, moving on from the Big Twelve, wild to me. He's only the fourth ever commissioner of the Big Twelve. He has turned seventy in January. Said he knew for a little while now that 70 was going to be the time he retires, and he just wanted to wait till after the final four was over. So, you know, Kansas ended up winning. That's another national title under his belt. Uh, I've counted, I believe, 37 total national championships in various sports during his tenure as commissioner of the Big 12. Uh, Biggest accomplishment, though, has to be restabilizing multiple times uh, when Texas A&M left, when Nebraska left, when Colorado left, when Texas and Oklahoma now announced that they're leaving. The Big 12 has survived and you know, really even gotten bigger and gotten, I wouldn't say stronger, Texas and Oklahoma are huge brands, but they didn't really get that much weaker, surprisingly, and that's, that's the power of Bob Bullsby. I hate to see him go, but he was he was really fantastic. Looking forward to the future of the Big Twelve. Do we? I mean, a fantastic career for him. Uh, absolutely outstanding. Uh, are we getting any rumors on potential candidates here? I have not. I also haven't really been looking. To be fair, no. That's that's totally valid. I was just curious. Uh, because, you know, typically that's where the next thing goes. It's okay, cool. Hey, dude, great job. Right. Slap on the back. Uh, who's next? Right. <laughs> I will say the Big 12 has a history of just hiring nationwide. Oh. Uh, Bob Bowlesby, before he was commissioner of the Big 12, was athletic director at Northern Iowa. Then he was athletic director at Iowa. And then athletic director at Stanford. So, you know. Missouri Valley Conference, Big Ten Conference, Pac-12, and then the Big 12. Or I guess Pac-10 at the time. Uh, but I don't I don't think they're necessarily going to be stuck through that region of the country. 37 national championships in 10 years. To be That's... fair, to be fair, one of them is in equestrian. I was going to say, I knew where you were going with that. We'll still count it. There is a title there. Horse, horse dancing. And six of them are in rifle. In the Deshage. Which five of those six rifle national championships belong to West Virginia. So. That I mean, surprise me. I mean. <laughs> she's doing it right. I think the best thing about the Big 12 is that they've 
become less and less region locked. You know, the SEC, right. even though they've they've gone into Texas, they're still pretty regionally locked with who they can take in. And, you know, I know they're going into Texas and Oklahoma, uh, getting them in as well. But you're never going to see them get teams further west than that. Right, that feels like the yeah. absolute limit. Yeah, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma is definitely pushing that northern right. boundary as well. You know, they're never going to reach into Ohio. Those are regions too. I mean, that's yeah. It, it feels yeah. borderline. Missouri makes about half an inch more sense than right. Oklahoma, yeah. though. Right, I agree for a couple of reasons. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know. ACC is definitely region locked. And they have—I don't even know where they would expand to get they, some people. They'd be taking people from the Big Twelve at this point. They're so regionally locked; they can only take people from the SEC or from the Big Twelve, and that's or, not going to happen. From the American, yeah. Yeah. Notice how we didn't even touch the Big Ten, and that's honestly the next closest conference to the ACC. Well, like, last time we had conference realignment, the Big Ten stole from the ACC. Not <laughs> yeah. Nope. So, and the Big East folded. So. Right. You know, everybody lost. I mean, some people wish we didn't have Rutgers in Maryland. The, the Big but East never football folded. The Big East still <laughs> exists as a conference. No, that's a comp- – I... Technically. <laughs> the Big East is a completely different thing than what it was. Do the Cleveland Browns still exist? Technically. <laughs> yeah, they they play in, uh, in Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah there you go. Anyway, <laughs> Doug's about to kill us. I don't care about those little rounds. <laughs> Who cares? Um, I, do we have anything else to say about the Big Twelve? Bill? <laughs> we got way off track here. I've got nothing to add about the Big Twelve. Okay, uh, let's talk about Jeff Brom then. Uh, the exact opposite <laughs> of retirement. He just got a huge contract extension through twenty twenty seven. I will say his Purdue teams have been. Definitely the most competitive Purdue teams I can ever remember personally. Uh, probably the most competitive and, Purdue team since Drew Brees. I can say, and that's saying something because Doug remembers Georgia's record from like 1983. So. <laughs> that was an absolute fluke, and I'm amazed. Now, dude, but, you have it in the Dougopedia of college football. It's it's all up there in your head. I, I know how this is. <laughs> I wish. Um so, yeah, excited through 2027. That's pretty good for Purdue. I will say I can't imagine they will really do much better than Jeff Brom, which is not anything against Jeff Brom. It's more saying that uh, he's a great fit for them. and He's a talented coach. Let's leave it there. <laughs> I, don't think a... he, I don't think he'd be able to handle a bigger program. Honestly. No, and At the I same think you're time, right. I don't think Purdue would be able to handle a bigger coach. So yes. it, it's a great fit. I'm, I'm glad they're together. I'm glad it's working. Speaking of bigger programs and bigger coaches. Right. Um, yeah. That was Sweeney. Nudge, nudge. I don't even know where this really came from. I guess he just had like a separate press conference or something. Man, he comes out with some crazy shit every now and then. Right, right. He just this does right in line no with reason. it. Yeah. Um, but he <laughs> he basically said college football needs to blow up. He he wants to 
change the way the divisions work. He said specifically Alabama has different problems than Middle Tennessee. Why are we treating them the same? Um, he hates the transfer portal and said he's only going to use it if he's down uh, like below the scholarship limit. He'll bring some people in. Other than that, he's not going to use it. And there needs to be stricter rules on name, image, and likeness. He said he's totally fine with players making money off their personal brand, but at the same time, there needs to be some kind of restrictions because schools are literally being able to pay their players now, and that's not okay. And now I am in the bad position where I have to agree with everything Dallas Media said, and I hate it. I hate this. Get me out of here. I don't like this. So oh, we're going to talk about this for a while now. I hope you know that. Yeah. Uh, number one, new division split. I know you guys have been advocating for that just because of the big difference right. between the group of five and power five. You guys also know I inherently don't agree with that. I will meet in the middle, though. Give the conferences a little bit more autonomy to run to meet their program's needs. Right? Don't just be centralized, NCAA. Give their conferences a little more autonomy. A little less centralized control here. Give them the ability to do what they need to do to support their schools. That's the whole point. It was the entire point of the conferences in the first place. I mean, they kind of did that, though. With the new NCAA Constitution, it's like three pages long now. They don't do anything, the NCAA. So, and how, yeah, but how long has that been in effect? Since December. Okay, so it hasn't had time. Well, so Davos Sweeney should know about it and know what the changes are going to look like by now. He's, he's not going to have seen the effects already, but he will see there have, there have been changes I don't, made. I don't trust anything the NCAA is doing right now, though. I yeah, don't I, trust anything anybody's doing. I don't trust myself. No, my <laughs> second point that's why, is, that's why you can't get all the studs. Right. <laughs> My second point is, yes, they need to actually define how the NILs can be used. That I will agree with with them. There, there needs to be some outer limits on how it gets used. The, the tough part is, right, how do you put it back? How do you put the cat back, back in the bag, right? They came, to... in, they came in with no plan, and this is what the result of it is. You don't need to put it back in the bag. You just skin it and do a new cat. Yeah, you, you just... Hey. Like I said, just, <laughs> <laughs> you, you just need to build a fence, right? Give them outer limits. Don't just say, screw it, you can have all the money you want now. Like, no, there should be limits on can boosters support, right? Right? Boosters should not don't, be Don't fucking get me started on that shit, because that's going to piss me off so much more. But that's that's the point, right? So I will agree with the fact, the need for harsher NIL rules and outer limits and outer boundaries on what you can do with them. That I 100% agree with. So we found a great way to make Bug very irritated if we ever want to. Um, the salary cap is real. Boosters are real. Aaron Rodgers is coming for you. Here's here's the thing. Dabo's pissed off about NIL. Clemson would never get in trouble for any type of tampering. or right. So, like, the fact that you're pissed off about this is ridiculous. You're not Memphis. You're not going to get yeah. fucked because your coach did something before he was associated with your school. Right. Okay. I, yeah. I, I agree with him. I agree with him. The division and split, I also agree purple. with. That's a whole other thing. The transfer portal is an interesting one. He, I actually, no, he can shove it. Because here's the thing. How many, of the, how many of these recruiters walk into these kids' living rooms Promise them the world for them to. I I agree. Yeah, 
what I don't agree with is like, and this is getting away from football a little bit, but it's going to happen eventually. I'm actually kind of surprised Cincinnati hasn't lost a decent amount of guys to the portal. That's because they had a lot of seniors this year, right? Look what happened with St. Peter's. They make it to what the elite eight right. first 15 seed to ever do it. Three of their top players under the transfer portal will be playing at bigger schools. That's great for those guys. What I don't agree with, what I don't like so much about the transfer portal is that they're going to be playing for a Duke, UNC, and I don't know what schools they've gone to. I haven't paid attention. They're going to play for a bigger school and be able to play next year. We're already seeing, and maybe this is something we need to let ride a little bit longer before this gets implemented, right? Because everybody that was an active athlete in 2020 has a COVID year, right? When you see how that's going to affect scholarships, play time for guys that you redshirt, like how all that stuff's going to work in. But maybe that transfer portal is like, hey, uh, you just bought yourself an extra year of eligibility by transferring, but you can't play this upcoming season. Something needs to be put – there needs to be some kind of punishment. And I, I get that that's kind of unfair to the players, right? Because Dabo Sweeney can tell Clemson to go fuck themselves and go coach Alabama the day that Nick Saban retires, even if he's in the middle of a contract, right? He has okay. no – commitment or penalty so why should the players i get that the only way to make it fair then is to have that same kind of restriction on coaches so i agree switch teams you just sit out a year that will never happen because of i know money involved so yeah. now there's money involved in players too you're never going to be able to restrict them there's yeah. money involved so i don't see any way around this i kind of don't like it either like the way it's the, what is involved into it seems kind of over the top but it's, at the same time, I do appreciate that student athletes are able to find the best situation for them. And absolutely. even if it's not at my school, I'm, I should be okay with that because they're going to do what's best for them. So that's gonna... fine. It's just, it really, it challenges the past ideas of how to build a team. And I think that's what Davos is about. It's, uh, it's, it goes completely against tradition on all sorts of fronts. And it was kind of thrown out here with no regulation. So yeah. so here's my thing. Here's what I'm thinking. Because two of these things, as far as I'm concerned, relate to each other. Because you're right. The way in the past year and a half the transfer portal has become is college free agency. What school offers me the most money in NIL deals to come back? And I'm going to apply this to the NIL deal, link it back to the transfer portal, uh, and even just regular recruiting. The one rule the NCAA can very easily throw out there right now would be that until you are signed to a school, there can be absolutely zero conversation about NIL deals with anybody. I don't care. I, it's the only way, man. It's that's that's it's my problem is it's going to get broken and tampered the same way paying players and giving improper benefits was before, and nothing's going to happen unless you're a smaller school. Unless you're an SMU type. <laughs> yeah. Like, the American is going to get fucked by this. The Sun Belt's going to get fucked by this. Your Power 5 schools, maybe South Carolina gets hit by it. Maybe least, fucking... South Carolina doesn't have the money at, to get hit at by At least it. your school... <laughs> they might have a booster, right? At least your school's athletes can accept on AL deals. My school would get absolutely shit-rocked if they tried. I mean... Well, they were getting they, paid they before anyway. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't <laughs> count. Stop trying. <laughs> so I'm trying to relate this to Air Force. They're playing by the rules. Everybody else should. How I feel about everything in life right now. 
Yeah, it's not the way the world works, unfortunately. I know. For anything at all. Take that, Dabo. <laughs> oh, wait, you're one of the guys who breaks all the rules of this language. Never mind. <laughs> Take that, me. All right. <laughs> so let's get out of that. Um, I, I don't have anything else to talk about the college news. I think it's time we go ahead and take over to some. And we have USFL, XFL, and FCF stuff to talk about. All in the same episode of the Big News. Yeah, Network we do. Going to be a, a big old, big old spring football league segment here. And we got a big, big weekend coming up this weekend. Of course, the kickoff for the USFL and the FCF. On Saturday, the FCF, as we mentioned, they're going to be doing their two sessions. Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening. Uh, we had the times in the last episode. I'll pull. I'll get those up again before we're uh, before I get to the bigger FCF segment here. USFL, of course, kicking off. We talked about that big multicast Fox, uh, Fox, CBS, and the Cock, also known as Peacock. Uh, the all the one. <laughs> uh, all the games. All the games are going to be. Stream between between Fox, FS1, Peacock. You've got you really just have to go and look uh, where you can catch specific games. I am a little worried that that's going to become an issue because it was an issue for the AF. Uh, nobody really knew where to go to watch any particular game. Right. What fixes so, that is if they can keep the multicast going, then you can go to wherever the hell you want. Exactly. Exactly. So that's how it is right now. That's how things are going. But uh, as far as the FCF goes, I'm trying to pull up the schedule. Stalling, stalling, stalling. <laughs> uh, fuck it. We'll stick with, yeah, we'll stick with the USFL real quick here. And uh, they do have a leg up on the FCF, probably for the first time ever. Uh, since they have come back out. And this is what it is. Let's see what play. There we go. This is straight from the USFL's Twitter. I did not make this video. So. I would have laughed at you if you did. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been cool though? Be like, hey, I actually have talent. All of these. Uh, is this talent? Would have been surprising. Is it talent? What the hell is that? Why is it on my TV? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Take it off. So for all of our audio listeners, that was a video. You can go to the USFL's Twitter and check out the video unveiling all of the mascots for the USFL coming up. There's uh, at this least weekend. one they should put back under its heart. No nah, man, it's got it's, yes. Yeah, reminds me of gritty from the Yeah, park. it's got those gritty vibes, man. I love it. I love it. I, I'm excited for the USFL. Uh again. Oh I don't put it back. Take it away. I don't have a ton else about the USFL, so we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Okay, I don't, I don't think the USFL that. has any more news about the USFL. I don't either. I do they know, are. There's there's a couple things I gotta add to this. One, there were seven of those mascots that made sense. Absolutely, at least seven of them made sense. Number two, the reason they have also, mascots. <laughs> The reason they have mascots in the FCF dozens, the FCF team names don't really lend themselves to mascots. I mean, that is a lie. Like gamblers? Let's get a glacier bear up in here. Yeah, just get a bear. It should have been star. It's a flaming skull. Like it looked like they could just get Ghost Rider, right? 
uh, zappers just good. get like electro. Let's just get Steve yeah. Aoki on the sidelines. Yeah, for for <laughs> Team Aoki, you get a cat for the Kingpins Board Ape Yacht, or Football Club, not Yacht Club. Knights of Degen. I mean, Degen, Degen, whatever the fuck it is. A beast. Come on. I mean, come on. Okay, okay. The works. star, the stars logo of the USFL would have made more sense as a beast. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. That would be one not very intimidating beast. (laughs) Just put a dude in a star costume and I'd have been okay with it, but whatever the hell that was, I just paint my face red. It would be exactly what you saw there. therapist after looking at that. Like, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a good time. Concerning, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. As we mentioned, though, April 16th, this Saturday, 7.30 Eastern, Fox, NBC, Peacock. That's where you can find it. That'll be the opening game. The host city, Birmingham Stallions, uh, will be playing the New Jersey Generals. It'll be the first USFL game since the 80s. Kicking off this Saturday. Watch it on the cock. Uh, Sunday at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, NBC and Peacock, the Gamblers and the Panthers. At 4 p.m. Eastern. It'll be the Stars and the New Orleans Breakers playing on USA. And then on FS1 at 8 p.m., Tampa Bay Bandits and Pittsburgh Maulers. So a lot of... Wait, a playing lot... on USA, isn't that... How are they going to fit that in with all the NCIS that they have to play on that network? <laughs> there's there's going to be 20, plenty of football to watch on Easter this week. So get up, get ready for it, get excited for it. That, however, is literally all we have for the USFL. They've been very tight look, very tough to get anything out of. The they FCF, don't even know what's going on. Well, because yeah. if they say any more, they'll get sued again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the FCF, though, we talked about it. You know, they, they got their own building. They have their own facility, stadium, uh, some areas for fans. And I was a little worried. I'd seen the mock-ups. It looked like it was going to be awesome. Uh, but the only picture I saw last week, early in the week, was a single piece of turf for center field they had put in. That's, that's all you need, man. Just... Yeah. And I was like, man, how are they going to get all of this put down and ready to go for... Give me yeah. some real St. Louis vibes out there. How are they going to get this all down and ready to go for this weekend? Because as we talked about last show, last this past Saturday, they had their tech test, is what they called it. It was basically a preseason game. And... There are some good game. game, yeah, right. There's some good, there are some bad, some interesting. First of all, presentation just like last year. Awesome, innovative. I loved it. I Hold loved on, say that word again. Innovative. That's great. <laughs> Innovative. Jeez. I love that you're there you go. Oh yeah, I knew I'd get one of you. I just rolled with it. It was cool. I mostly just needed a drink of water. I needed a break there. Uh, he turned British for a minute. The presentation, of course, being in their own facility, they've been able to take it up a notch from season 1.0. It looks great. It's going to be fun to watch. The, they still have the celebration area, the Wendy's hot mic, just like they did last season. It looked like they were going both directions. Full disclosure, I only watched about 15 minutes total, and about 10 of it was pregame talking bullshit. Uh, I will say there were a couple of things I wasn't a huge fan of, and 
probably it's expediting getting everything ready for the league. The first uh, thing they, I'm not a big fan of is they need to be calling the Wendy's hot and ready fight. No, that, that, that's that Little Caesars. With Little Caesars. Yeah. No, the, the hot and ready fries. No, that's fair. That's now. fair. Uh, the locker it's rooms. Not the, it's not the pizza pizza, Mike. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. okay. So the locker rooms looked a little lacking. It looked like they basically just took... It'd be like something you would see at like an indoor hockey tournament, right? Just a couple chairs, you know, no lockers. Just put your bag in front of you and put your shit on. I, I expect that to increase throughout the year. If they were as behind schedule as, as you said they were, the locker rooms probably would have been the last thing I worked on. Too. So I don't I don't even know if they were behind schedule. I think what happened is they actually ended up ahead of schedule. They acquired the building a lot sooner than they thought they would because I didn't think they were going to be in this facility until next year, next season. Yeah. So, so I they're think... too close to the season to be truly ahead of schedule. Yeah. Yes. They're ahead of schedule you, enough that they went ahead and did it this year. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's that's kind of depressing for the guys, you know. I but I I don't think anybody was really complaining. I think they, all, they everybody looked like they were having a good time, which is a big component of the FCF, including Terrell Owens. There oh you go. To this dropped, I think Thursday that To was joining the FCF. Jeez. Can the Johnny Football is back. Oh yeah, Tio can still fucking go. He's he said he's trying to make a comeback to the NFL. Of course, this he is. is Josh Gordon did it. Wait, is he? Hold on, hold on. Is Tio even eligible to play in the NFL? Why not? Why not? He's well, in their the whole hall. Michael Jordan's number was retired by the Bulls, and guess who still came back? That's fine, but he didn't come back for the Bulls, though. He came back for the Magic. Yes, he did. Oh, I thought His he number was back. retired. He came back for the Bulls, won three more championships, retired again, I, I and came back that, for the Wizards. I know that's the whole reason the NFL waits five years before you're eligible for the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are some other sports you could retire and be voted in that year. Right. Um, so that's that's why I wasn't sure. Usually fighting. You know. Yeah. But uh, no, you can totally play again. It'd be unprecedented, and they might revoke your jacket for a minute until... <laughs> They'll get over it. Right. With T.O. With T.O.'s record with the Hall of Fame, I think you're right. They would take his jacket, and that would start a whole <laughs> new slew of shit. True. True. <laughs> True. Anybody else would be okay, but T.O., God forbid. <laughs> they may come back tomorrow. And be like, yes, sir. Have at it. Hey, you yep. want to wear your jacket on the field? Like, How, How's your neck? We'll get you extra we'll, protection. We'll, we'll, we'll just put new, flags on your hips. We'll, we will approve a new patch for your jersey that has Hall of Fame on it. That's just, <laughs> just for you. I will say, last thing on the FCF here, and this is something I absolutely loved, right? So I, again, we got Easter weekend coming up. I'm going to try to watch as much of it as I can on Saturday, but it's going to be a very busy and packed day, right? Right. For those of you that aren't as busy as me this Saturday, get on your app when your team is not playing or make sure you have your extension up on Twitch. You can pick one team of the two playing and you can pre- you won't have any input on what play they run, but you can predict, hey, I think they're going to run this play. They're going to run this play. I know anybody, if the Shipman Stars fan base stays the same as the Wild Aces was last year, pick and run plays and traditional football plays and like how a 100-yard NFL team would run a, run a game, call a game. That's probably a good move. 
Whereas with the Beast, it's first down, fuck it. They're probably sending everybody straight down the field and having whoever's at quarterback launch the ball. Right? If it's, so, if it's the Zappers with Johnny Manziel and Terrell Owens, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Take a wild guess. So I, <laughs> I, I did... That, by the way. I did enjoy that aspect of it. It was cool getting to be involved in games that otherwise probably not too involved in as far as fan interaction. And it's something to bring fans in a little bit more, right? So absolutely loved it. Loved seeing it. Great new feature. And again, I'm going to pitch it. I wish we had the money to put into one of these NFTs. There are still NFTs available for Teammate Oki, Knights of Degen, and the Kingpins. Four Days Football Club has been sold out for a while. But they are in the hundreds, whereas last week they were in the thousands for all three. So you probably have until this Saturday. I would imagine Saturday they're all going to be gone. Probably. So if, you, if you're into it or you want to get into it, now's the time. Don't wait. Unless you all have anything else for the FCF. We got one more league to talk about. Doug? I what else to say. I'm, I'm a little excited to talk about this next league. Oh, actually, actually, I do have something else to talk about with the FCF. Yeah. Uh, I got my official rejection email. That's because you didn't try out. And also because I haven't played football since middle school. But you didn't try out. You, you can't make it if you don't try out. You totally could if you're Terrell Owens. Yeah, well, you don't have <laughs> a Hall of Fame career Owens? behind you. <laughs> well, and that's part of my problem. <laughs> but they did officially email me and tell me I was not selected to play in the FCF this year. Sorry, I'll let what you What would you down. have done? What would you have done if they said, yeah, dude, come on down and play? I would have asked what they're going to pay. And if it's more than what I make, I would have been there. <laughs> That's... Hey, dude, you've been selected. Come play in the FCF. Mm, nah, fan, I'm good. I just want to see if I can make it in. Right. I'm not taking time off work to go do that if they ain't paying. Yeah, you know. I ain't making the NFL, baby. Too old for that already. That ship sailed. So we do have one more league to talk about. They're not going to be playing until 2023. Uh, but they have clock. a new logo. It's a digital clock. Reminds me of the Buccaneers in 2013. This is... This thing leaked, and... I I didn't even want to send it to you guys. I was like, I really hope this is fucking fake. I hope this isn't real. In fact, that was the exact verbiage you used when you sent it to us. Yeah, I really bad. don't like the 2023. That just looks so dangerous. I, so I have a feeling that that probably is just going to get ripped off uh, and the XFL is going to be the logo they roll with. The 2023 is just to remind people like, hey... We're still going to happen next year. You know, don't forget about us with the USFL and the FCF. I you know. would like to forget about this. <laughs> it, see, if they did this, and, like, when you loaded to their page, the XFL turned into, like, an actual countdown clock for when their first game was, that would be fantastic. That would look awesome. I mean, it might. It eventually but, might. But using this as your primary logo, they need to they need to get a new one before the season starts. This literally looks like... My alarm clock, which let's be honest, who likes looking at their alarm clock when they wake up? Who still has an alarm clock? Use your phone. I, yeah, use I use your phone, phone like an adult. 
I do. And you guys got my point. <laughs> that being said, there is a little bit more news from the XFL. So I actually had to go and look this up. This dropped today. And it's that the XFL is partnering with the NFL Alumni Academy. Now, we had talked about the XFL kind of being a testbed for new rule implementation for the NFL. And that they were still going to try and be the best spring football league. They weren't trying to be a developmental league. The way I understand the NFL Alumni Academy, and this is straight from an ESPN article, it's one of several groups that provides training and conditioning work for unemployed players, creating a pool for NFL teams who need injury replacements or otherwise are seeking to address depth on their rosters. To me, that sounds like you're going to keep these, you know, get these guys a little more film, help them up their chances to getting back into the NFL. And hey, because you've got this partnership, your talent might be a little bit better than what the USFL puts out on the field. This is a farm league. Tell me what about that does not sound like AAA or the AHL. This exactly. this is a farm league. The NFL is or the G League. There. Yeah, or the G League. Yeah, Which 100%. is exactly what we've been saying that one of these leagues needs to turn itself into if it wants yep. to survive. And you know what? Hundred. And actually, let me bring this back to baseball real quick. Rules experimentation. Huh. Minor league has been testing out the pitch clock for damn near five years now. Right. Look what's coming to the MLB. Right. This is 100% the NFL minor league. And that's that's okay. The NFL honestly could have used something like that, especially for some of these guys coming from smaller schools that need time to spin up before they get in there. That being said, football careers are typically a lot shorter than uh, MLB careers, but I think this is good all the way around. I I think part of it, too, is just a a deep – ingrained fear of competition on the NFL's part. And they're like, the XFL already wants to work with us. Yeah. Let's do this and help them make a better product than the USFL and kill them twice. (laughs) Right. I I can't lie. I Roger Goodell obviously was not involved in the NFL. The first time the USFL was around, I can't help but think that that's probably part of it. Cause all these owners weren't fucking involved. Right. No, he he probably was around in some capacity. He's probably a, a paper boy in the NFL front office. I don't know. Dude's been but, with the NFL for a very long time. That's true. Don't, don't doubt the man. That's true. He's also like 97 years old. It's unbelievable. There's so no in, fucking way. I know, I know you're being sarcastic, but there's no way he's settled. In, he's 63. It's, it's wild. Roger Goodell began his NFL career in 1982 as an administrative intern in a league office in New York under then-commissioner Pete Rozelle. So he actually was the one who killed the USFL the first time. <laughs> yeah, 83 to 85. He was definitely part of the NFL. Not as commissioner. He was definitely part of the NFL. He's Once so- again, the Dougopedia of football. The God damn of football. it, Doug. Oh, my God. Returned to the league office in 1984 in as an assistant in the public relations department. The smear campaign that killed the USFL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That 
You gotta come with the facts when you step up with a big dude get trenches. <laughs> Did you just challenge the, the, US, the USFL is doomed. That's all that I have determined from this little five minute exchange. The USFL is doomed. Hold on, can I tell you the most concerning thing about Roger Goodell's career history right now? He served that he worked a... under Pete Rozelle. No, yeah. that that he was an assistant in the public relations department. And, and he's fucking public... awful at public relations. Yes. Nobody said the NFL was ever good at public relations. I mean, he learned from the worst. <laughs> it's very yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing though. Once again, we have challenged the Dugopedia of football knowledge and failed. Dude, I am on one this this, this offseason. If we ever put merch out, there needs to be a shirt that says Dugopedia of football. If you would buy that, drop that in the Twitch chat right now. Get some Dugopedia emotes. Dude, we can do the emotes. That's easy enough. Yeah, that's Man. the easy part. Anyway. What else you got for me? Bring it on. You know what? You just you take over. We're going. We'll, we'll go straight into off season moves. Okay. I can't, man. <laughs> so that's a lot of news. Uh, we have some other off season moves to talk about. Uh, no trades this past week, but we did have a retirement and a couple of signings that might be a little bit interesting. I don't think we'll spend too much time on the signings. But, you know, wanted to mention some of them. Uh, first up, let's talk about retirement. We have Whitney Merciless retiring, uh, which is still one of my favorite football player names of all time. Unfortunately, he was it. So, you know, no Hall of Fame for his future, but he was pretty good when he played for the Texans. Um, kind of played for the Texans his whole career. He played four games for the Packers last year. But what a I don't dick. really count it. I don't either. God damn it. Um, he was a Ted Hendricks award winner and a Bill Willis award winner when he was at Illinois, where he was named first team All-Big Ten and unanimous All-American. Uh, then he was a first-round selection by the Houston Texans in 2012 and founded the With Mercy Foundation. Nice little play on his first name. And uh, last that, name. Yeah. That advocates services. Uh, that's what I meant, by the way, was the last name. But, you know, whatever. That advocates services and support for families who have children with disabilities and special needs. I can't make the joke I want to now. Nope. Yep. Nope. I sure Jokes can. are forbidden. Sure can't. Uh, Whitney Merciless appears to be a fantastic stand-up guy. I am and... not. It's a, With is his first name if you have dyslexia. Yep. God um, damn it. Well, I have dyslexia anyway. I meant to say his last name. So, <laughs> I read my note wrong. Proceeds you know. to remove Ben from the show for five minutes as punishment. <laughs> I mean, I agree. Remove me too, I guess. <laughs> He's spot on with it. No, no, then I'm alone. I get my spot. You know what? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, let's just... Let's... <laughs> terrible, terrible I can add you back. I need to remove that capability from me. It's not cool. No, because I'm signed into the account, too. Fuck! <laughs> anyway, um, Whitney Merciless um, in the Hall of Pretty Good. Not even the Hall of Very Good, probably. Um, never made a first-team All-Pro. 
but he has always been first team all game for me. Whitney Merciless is an amazing name, and I love it. He he kind of got dealt a bad hand here because he was on a constant stream of honestly underperforming Texans defensive lines. True. Like, J.J. Watt was always injured. J.D. Beyond Clowney was always injured. So here was just Whitney Merciless alone. Like, guys? Friends? Under, are underperforming Texans, Texans teams in general. Yeah, right. that too. Right. Well, I'm, in his defense, he also had Bill O'Brien as coach. Imagine being, having uh, like a quarterback who goes four wins and then give him $295 million guaranteed. For him to not play. Cleveland Browns are such a brilliant organization. Such a well-run franchise. Uh, so let's... Cleveland. Oh, we want to talk about Josh Dobbs right now? He caught another quarter. When the fuck are they moving Brett, uh, Baker Mayfield? Brett it's Mayfield. They're not. They're not. <laughs> that would be great. So right now, their quarterback room looks like Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, and Josh Dobbs. Um, Can I put this in the order that Cleveland probably has it on their website? Uh, number one, Josh Dobbs. Number no. Two. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, and Jacoby Brissett, Josh Dobbs, then Baker Mayfield. I mean, I was putting them in the order that they're getting paid. Oh, that's you know. valid. <laughs> everybody, everybody needs camp arms. I, I'm not surprised to see Josh Dobbs get picked up somewhere. I am surprised that he got picked up in favor of uh, Blake Bortles is on the market. Why not go the get the boat? That? Would have been fun, uh, but Blake Bortles is a free agent now. <laughs> Getting released by the New Orleans Saints. I didn't know he was on New Orleans, but he was apparently and got released. Yeah, when did he sign with New Orleans? Last year. <laughs> oh man, we did have a one big signing that we didn't talk about yet because we wanted to jump to Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Um, Stephon Diggs did sign just like a huge extension here. Four years, $96 million to stay in Buffalo. Another 70-some-odd guaranteed for another wide receiver. Right. Absolutely wild. Also, Wide receivers are smart with their money. It looks like the Bills saved all that money on their new stadium, getting New York to pay for it, and they just threw it on some players. Fair enough. Because the cap ain't real. That's how that works. (laughs) 800 mil going to the team. That's... (laughs) Man, uh, Baltimore did re-sign Calais Campbell. Uh, I expected this move. I know a bunch of people did, but at the same time, that's cool to see. I like Calais Campbell a lot, and the fact that he's still producing at the level he is at what, like thirty-five now, thirty-four. I, yeah, I still kind of, I still kind of hate him. Well, that's because you suck as a person. No, yeah, that's because thirty-five. That, that's because he went low on Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. It's because you went low on Ryan Tannehill back in 2016 when Miami was on their playoff run, and there was no call hit clearly below the knee back when he was on the Cardinals. I'm hating. Was it illegal then? Sounds good to me. It was still a legal hit, yes. Wasn't called, wasn't illegal. Uh, No. No. The the Ravens also signed Tavon Young. Um, They had some bad quarterback health issues last year, but really if when all healthy, their cornerback room is amazing. So, bringing Tavon Young just adds to that. Baltimore had a lot of injury issues last year in general. 
Yeah, so John Harbaugh came out talking about how they're really changing up the offseason program. They're yeah. not having that happen again. Supposedly. Right. I'm going to laugh when it happens again. Well, don't have it happen to J.K. Dobbins again, please. I, I agree 100%. He's on my fantasy team. I need him. <laughs> uh, Houston brought back Brandon Cooks. I was a little bit surprised at this one. Um, why go to Houston? Why? I mean. Where else are you going to go? Yeah. Nobody else wanted him. He'd spent how many days on the free market at this point? I mean, you can go sign a vet min somewhere. I mean, doesn't New England need receivers? And yeah, but he take... really believes in Davis Mills. In the general. Facts. Big facts. Uh, Tampa Bay did pick up Keanu Neal. That was a name that I, you know, I love Keanu Neal. He apparently isn't as good as I want him to be. But <laughs> remember, my evaluation of him out of college is that he's going to be pretty good. And then he's been halfway decent most of the time. Unfortunate. Um, Blaine Gabbert also got signed by the Buccaneers. Again, why pick up Blaine Gabbert and not Blake Bortles? That one is even more legitimate than the Josh Dobbs question. Because with Josh Dobbs, you can say that you have youth on your side. Come on. Why would you sign Blaine Gabbert? To any deal, ever. I hate Gabbert and Bortles equally. At least Bortles has a nickname. The boat. The boat. It's because he moves like a boat. Exactly. Yeah, wide turns. Very slow. Also, <laughs> gets stuck easily in the Suez Canal. Oh, no! <laughs> Uh, New Orleans did sign Taco Charlton, and all I have to say to that is get the hell off my New Orleans Buckeyes, you imposter. Why, why do teams keep signing Taco? Isn't he older and has he really stopped performing at a high level? Or am I overplaying it? of someone else. Okay. Look, there's only so many food nicknames I, I can keep track of. Snacks, Taco, like... I mean, snacks, people stop signing him because he's old and doesn't produce as well anymore. Taco Charlton's 27. Right. Okay. That's, that's what I'm saying. I feel like he's been around forever. I would have said he was 26. So I'm going to count that as a win for you over me because you needed one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the signings this week. I know there were a couple other ones, but those are the names that anyone is going to recognize. Um, it, I mean, if you have one, I mean, Ryan Nall got picked up by the Cowboys. Congrats, Cowboys, I guess. Um, Congrats to Ryan Nall, really. Right, for finding somewhere in the league that, you know, still is taken. Anyway. Uh, that's all, yeah, that's all the big signings. Um, and I use big very loosely this week. We're coming down to the wire on any big-time free agents. Even though I will say, Honey Badger is still available. Interesting the, to see where he ends up. The next big signings won't happen until after the draft because teams want to see what they get at this point. Most likely. Also, might end up being some post June one designations on some signings. All sorts of. I weird have cap gymnastics. I have seen all kinds of rumors of teams and interests, and the honey badger drill is just going to come down to the end. Yeah. There's there's not a team yeah. that he wouldn't. 
I had heard that he was surprised by the Chiefs not re-signing him. I believe that. I mean, they have He's the only one on their secondary, so I don't know what the fuck they're doing. And he had a visit with New Orleans, but they, they didn't sign him. So, see what happens. There's some speculation Honey Badger goes to the Rams. Which, oh my god. How? And Ben, why? I'm going to let you take this one. You know the how. And I refuse to say it. The calf's not fucking real. <laughs> because let's go ahead and sign him to a 20-year deal. $815 million. All of the back 19 years of that are void. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> he only gets 3000 guaranteed. 20-year, 800 mil contract, 20 mil are guaranteed. No. No, $2 guaranteed. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Plus a popcorn from our concession stands. That's another no, $8. no. This this isn't To. That's the deal To got with the FCF. <laughs> I hope I can't so. wait for the Sullys. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's enough about free agency. We have the NFL draft coming up, and actually, not that long from now, I am very excited about this. Yes. Uh, technically, we have like three weeks, including this week. But it doesn't feel like it. It feels like draft season is upon us. And we need to start talking about some draft stuff. So we're going to kick that off this week by looking at the remaining team needs. So last time we looked at team needs, it was a little bit of like free agency talk. Who, who would they really be going after? Uh, this time, we're looking at team needs for the draft specifically. Who do they need to be looking out for? You know, getting younger in a certain position. Do they need to just go general? Uh, best player available. That's an option, too. But each of my co-hosts here has taken a conference of the NFL and given us, they're going to give us their thoughts on team needs. I say we go back and forth. So who wants to go first? Who wants to go second? No one on the left, so I'll go first. Fair enough. <clears throat> so I've got the AFC, and we're going to – I think we did this in alphabetical order, so – it's uh, alphabetical did it, by, uh, by division. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, did it, I did it in a really weird way because that's how I do things. You say that, but it's also the way ESPN was organized, so you might want to rethink yourself. Ooh, that's... Uh, first you agree with Dabo, and now you're thinking like ESPN? Ugh. I need to end my shit. E- ESPN, no, ESPN's been receiving, or Doug's been receiving messages from ESPN. They're trying to make him the new insider. They're trying to tap into that uh, Dougopedia football knowledge. I have some inside information now. Thank you, ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've got the Buffalo Bills, and this one's pretty easy. They just need to go best player available. Uh, honestly, when I looked at their roster, when I looked at what they did last season, and even their exit in the postseason, they, it, there wasn't anything that was like a glaring weakness that needed filled or fixed. They just need to stay the course, go best player available, and improve that way. There's not a ton of room for them to improve. The yep. only the only caveat I have there is running back. That would be if they had a glaring weakness, I would highlight that. Not saying it's weak, so but for I, their team. Yeah, I and I don't know. I agree with you. I don't know if that is a utilization issue or a talent issue, right? When you look at their offense and how it runs, they aren't handing the ball. They really aren't running a lot of swing passes, wheel routes, swing, you know, screens, all that stuff. That's fair. 
how much are they really getting Zach Moss and Devin Singletary involved? Not enough. I keep wanting to draft Devin Singletary in fantasy every year, and he ruins me, me every time. Me too. Yep. I definitely would have said edge or interior offensive line for the Bills, but they addressed both of those in free agency. So exactly. down, down to BPA for them, uh, which I definitely understand. So we'll kick it over to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys lost, uh, honestly, quite a bit off their offensive line this year. Uh, Connor Williams going to Miami hurts. Uh, so I'm looking for them to look for a replacement with that, especially where they're picking right now. That makes a lot of sense. Interior offensive line uh, you know, at their draft pick should be have a, some talent available. So I'm looking for them to go interior offensive line. I think it's going to fill one of their biggest needs here to get that run game going and protect Dak a little bit more. We know how much Jerry Jones likes to draft himself some hog mollies up front. Oh, the hogs. But I also know how much Dallas needs a defensive line. Nope. And they lost out on Randy Gregory, who decided last minute to just say, nah, I'm going to the Broncos instead. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised to see him go edge rusher, if possible. I have to see what's available, though. It's it's weird for them because they – and that, that was the thing that held me up with saying that, was seeing how they utilized Micah Parsons. He is all over that defense. They've used him as an edge. They've used him in the uh, as a true linebacker. So he – it's weird, man. I don't know how they're going to continue to develop that. I don't think they do. <laughs> I guess we will find out. Back to you, Bug. So I got the Miami Dolphins here, and again, they tried to address the running back room. I think they're in a better position than they were last year. That's the way I want to go, but I think ultimately they still need to make some improvements on that offensive line. They went and picked up a few pieces there as well. However, I don't have a ton of faith in the pieces they picked up, and the draft class is decent at line, right? There's okay. more options there than at running back. I, their defense is solid. The receiving room is solid now. Only other thing maybe you want to try and do is if you have no faith in Tua, get a quarterback, but that doesn't seem to be the vibe that the coaching staff is giving out in Miami right now. The only thing to note on this is that and the reason I'm going to agree with you here is Miami's not picking till late on day two. They don't have a pick in the first or second round this year. So looking at probably what's going to be available there, I think offensive line is going to be your best bet in the middle of the third round. Yeah, they only have four picks total now. I know, it's weird, man. I, right. I don't know what to do with my hands. Welcome to being a Bears fan. Right. I don't, I don't <laughs> want that. <laughs> what do you got for the Giants? All right, Giants. Uh, again, they have so many. They've got what two or three picks in the first round this year. Um, okay, and they're pretty close to each other. Uh, man, yep. this is a tough Both one. Top fifteen. Yeah, place I'm looking for them is linebacker. Uh, they, number five, number seven. Yeah, I'm definitely looking linebacker early in the draft, and then probably following up with their second pick, first or second pick, linebacker, offensive line, anywhere you want to go based on what's available. I'm okay with that. But they, I think linebacker is one of their biggest issues, at least one of their biggest issues defensively that they need to address pretty harshly. Um. Okay, so first thing, if you have watched the Giants' draft strategy for the last 80 years, you will realize they just don't take linebackers. I, I, I understand I wish it. they would. But <laughs> the Giants fans wish they would. To say they're going to take a linebacker in the top ten of this I didn't say draft. they needed to or that they're going to. I said I want them to. I mean, 
that would be great, but also, who are you really going to take right there of the linebackers? I mean, you probably have the best two linebackers in the class, maybe even falling out of the first round That's kind of this year. So, I don't see that as at all possible. Uh, linebacker, as one of their biggest needs, I do buy, though. Uh, they have a lot of holes. They have a lot they of do. holes. I would say probably more realistic for their top two picks with an offensive line and defensive line. Yep, valid. Or BPA. Best player makes a lot of sense. Which would be offensive line and defensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, maybe a DB. Depends on how far Sauce falls. I mean, it depends on how high people are willing to take him. That too. All sorts of ways to take that. Anyway, moving on from the Giants. Too much time on the Giants. Yeah, that takes us to the New England Patriots, and we've we've talked about it a few times that Bill Belichick really just likes to grab random players and plug and play. I think they need to commit to getting Mac Jones a number one receiver in this draft for sure. They did. Who? Devontae Parker. Duh. Yeah, so they need to commit to getting a number one wide receiver. And uh, that's the area I would expect them to go. It's a very deep wide receiver class. It is. It, it, it just makes amazing. too much sense for me. It'd be amazing if they went receiver in the first round. All that time with Tom Brady, just never doing that. Then straight up, Mac Jones, here you go. Here you go, have some weapons. Yeah, yeah wait a minute. They're not going to take a wide receiver in the first round. Well, take a rando in the seventh and an undrafted free agent and make him a star. <laughs> I, I don't know about that anymore. That, I mean, that might have been some Tom Brady, too. You gotta yeah, give them no. some credit. Anyway, let's move on to the Eagles. Yeah, all right. Uh, looking here, uh, I am looking wide receiver. Uh, again, they have a slew of picks in the first round. Only two now. They had three, but now they have two. Um, I'm looking for them to go wide receiver here. And honestly, they either need a true number one wide receiver, not that Devontae Smith isn't, but he molds better as a slot, as an inside guy that makes plays in the open space. Uh, he sells it as as a true wide receiver one, so they could match that with a number two wide receiver as well. Again, super deep in the wide receiver class here. It makes a lot of sense for me to continue to build weapons around Jalen Hurts. That would be absolutely brutal, having to go back-to-back-to-back to back to back drafts with a receiver in the first round. Look, when the other one stays healthy, when Jalen Rager stays healthy, I will consider him a, a, a first-round pick wide receiver, even if he actually was. Yeah. I mean, okay. He's um, got to be on the field, man. I would say, again, probably looking more defensive line. But that's yeah, me they personally. just got Fletcher Cox back. Yeah, how long, though? A year? Let's Max. be real. Let's be real. Uh, let's go to the New York Jets, who also probably need defensive line plus other things. What do you got? Yeah, I think you're you're spot on there. Um, they just need to go best player available. There are so many holes on this team. Plug and play, baby. Like that's that's really what they need to focus on, in my opinion. They seemed like they were making strides in the right direction. They just can't get any sort of traction. It's probably going to be another two or three years before they're remotely relevant again. Um. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a rough go for the New York New York Football Jets for a little while. And uh, before I pass it back over to Tug, I just wanted to say, Mike, we appreciate your comment. 
Uh, like I replied to you there in plain text, we're just not getting a ton into specific players this time. Uh, however, if you're still hanging around, I would love to hear why you think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a bust. The rest of it, like I said, I think you got spot on, but I am interested to hear your thoughts more on that specifically. I would say, before we move on, the same thing I said for the Giants. I think realistically, if you're looking at your two top 10 picks, number four, number 10 for the Jets, it's very reasonable they go offensive line, defensive line in some order there. Uh, they kind of need everything, so why not start from the trenches and build out? That would be intelligent, and that's why the Jets won't do it. Exactly. Um, Time for yep. Commanders, another unintelligent organization. What do you got? Yeah, unintelligent organization. Uh, I'm going to stick with my position players here, although they could definitely still use some help on the offensive line. Uh, that's probably where I would go. I really see them looking for a wide receiver to pair up against a uh, pair on the opposite side of uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Scary Terry is really good out there. I love it. But, again, it'd be it'd be really interesting, actually, to see them end up with a trifecta of Ohio State wide receivers in uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, Curtis Samuel, and then uh, Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. Uh, I, I like the look of them going after wide receiver here. Car- Carson Wentz needs the weapons. Not that Washington doesn't have a ton. They have some good weapons. A little bit more won't hurt them, though, especially spreading out opposing defenses. I am very impressed. I think that's the most names you have remembered consecutively ever in your life. Good job, man. <laughs> they were all <laughs> Ohio State players, too. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> I got to say, though, you're talking about team needs. They need an offensive line because they have a man made of glass that they are I mean, you're now. not wrong, but that would right. be intelligent. Right. This isn't what we think they'll do. This is what okay, okay, but, but you're right. Dan Schneider, honestly, like, the offensive lineman look You're, you're right, too. You're right, too. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Does Dan Schneider think offensive linemen look good in bikinis? Probably I don't know. I'm, I wasn't on that email chain. I'll take it back. We're going to the I, I AFC think, North. I think Ethan McLaughlin would look great as the community. We're going to the AFC North. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. It's on the defense for sure. I'm looking defensive secondary. I The only amendment I confidently would make is if you could draft a trainer uh, to try and prevent some of those uh, running back injuries they had that beat them to start the year last year. Um, but I, I think they need to go secondary. I think that's probably their biggest weakness. The league is getting more and more pass heavy to be able to keep up with the AFC West and even Deshaun Watson coming into your division, Joe Burrow in your division, man, you, uh, you gotta be ready to defend that. For sure. I would say, you know, with the cornerbacks they have, they're great, but they're definitely getting older. So I understand making the move. Um, At the same time, another team kind of needs some offensive line, honestly. I don't know. Interesting to see what they're going to do. Yeah, it's entirely valid. Ben, I'm coming over to uh, the NFC North, taking on the Chicago Bears here. Uh, and I'm all on this protection game. I think I'm going to have your support here. I want to see them go interior offensive line, specifically get me a solid center or a solid guard. Uh, Lin- uh, Linderbaum looks like a fantastic option here for the Bears. 
really like that. Uh, but we'll see where they go. I'm predicting. I, I, they need interior offensive line. That'd be great for them, but it's never going to happen. Linderbaum is not falling the middle of the second round, dude. No, no. freaking way. Linderbaum is like they don't. They don't they have don't enough have, to trade up. Do they not have a first round pick? No. No, oh, the I Giants have it. My bad. Um, the my personal actual draft board probably has Kyle Linderbaum in the top five. Yeah. Of actual talent. He's a freak athlete too, man. Position wise, he's not gonna go anywhere near the top fifteen is even. But my goodness, he is awesome. He is awesome. And Matt Eberflus has already come out and said, which he's deservedly so getting made fun of. He wants Eminem on his offensive line. He's like, It's not an acronym, it's mean and motor. And I'm like, that's a fucking acronym to do. Yeah, wait a Uh, minute. But they can find a mean, nasty guy for that interior offensive line in the second round. I think they can. So There's plenty of options, too. Mm-hmm. In my latest two-round mock draft, I think I ended up giving you guys Tyler Smith. Which Is he out of BYU? Uh, no. That's out Damn. of uh, UTSA. That had been too clutch. Moving on. Anyway. Back to the AFC North, though. We got the Cincinnati Bengals. Tulsa. I don't know why I said UTSA. Tulsa. Same conference. Uh, yeah. Not the same conference. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I was going to go with it. Maybe look good. Cincinnati Bengals. Offensive line. Easy. Let's move on. We all know that this is what they need. This is what they should have got last year, and this is what cost them the Super Bowl. Yeah. With the investments they made in free agency, I wouldn't be surprised if they go a different direction early in the draft. I agree that they should target offensive line. I think it wouldn't be surprising if they take a corner, if there's one available. So they need offensive line. I fully understand any owner GM that's sitting there saying, well, we made it to the Super Bowl and we we had the game won. Except for Eli Apple messing up every day, every play. Eli Apple and then <laughs> Joe Burrow having to run for his life too much at the end of the game. Right. Granted, I'd be running for Aaron Donald like my life depended on it too. But um, moving on to Detroit here, I'm actually going to deviate from my notes. Uh, they're, they're they're best player available, man. They're they're in a bad situation. Uh, the team needs a lot of help all the way around, except maybe running back. That might be their one saving grace, maybe. The offensive side of the ball isn't as bad as you're making it out to be. That offensive yeah. line's been rebuilt quietly for the past three or four years. They do need wide receivers, I think. they. I think Jared Goff's going to be a good holdover while they fix a couple other things. Which is you're all right. he was they, intended to be. Right. right, and they do have a few issues that I think they need. You have edge down here, and I still think that edge is probably the move they need to go with. I could understand if you said best defensive player available. That's valid. Yeah. I would I would want to target that first and foremost. Um, and maybe they do have two first-round picks. And one's at the absolute bottom of the first round. But, you know, they do have two first-round picks, number two and number 32. It is possible they end up taking a quarterback at, like, number 32, right? Get that fifth-year option on the guy. Have a guy you can sit and is like expected to learn 
from Jared Goff. That's very possible. And Jared Goff is a former Super Bowl quarterback, right? Right. Right. But say, I what, would, you, say what you will, but yeah. I would want to go best defensive player available. At number two. Yeah, that's valid. I know the the current rumors are them going with Malik Willis at number two, and it's like I no, no thanks, no thanks for me. He's not a day one <laughs> starter. Like he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He has a future in the league, but when you're drafting number two, you're expecting a day one starter. Man, you are not as up on your draft rumors as you were this time last year. No, I, dude, I, yeah. Exactly on it, man. Works killing him. Yeah. Oh, dude. Browns I'll take it back, back, though. I got, yeah. Take the Browns to the Super Bowl. One yeah, thing baby. Baker Mayfield will never do. I do it every night. <laughs> so, I almost went wide receiver here. But, again, this is one of those things for the Browns to be relevant. They've got a lot of good pieces in a lot of other areas, and they do need help at wide receiver, but this is a very deep draft at wide receiver. So I think the more important need here is, again, going to be the secondary. You're going to be competing with Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, in your own division, and, again, have to keep up with the AFC West. I don't agree. Okay. You sound confused about that. I would go front seven before I went secondary. Um, Where do out, they need improvement, though? Outside of Miles Garrett, can you name me one other good front seven player on that team right now? Uh, JOK looked pretty good for a rookie last year. Okay, that's two. I said front seven, right? The secondary actually was really good. There were a couple of injury concerns later in the year. Overall, it's a very young and very talented group. And they're paying some of those guys quite a bit of money to be targeting that early in the draft. I would be surprised if they do. I would like to see them go for some defensive line help, uh, either interior or opposite Miles Garrett. And I don't know that that's necessarily the biggest need. I think outside linebacker could be a huge help to them. But there are... I don't know. I don't see secondary being one of their top priorities early in the draft, personally. Oh, for, I'm a, I'm not their GM. For the first time in his career, the Packers need to make wide receiver priority in this draft. I'm just <laughs> there's nothing else to say. This wide receiver class is too yeah. deep to not focus on it. You led Devontae. You traded away Devontae Adams. You've got the ghost of Randall Cobb. You've got the lizard himself. And you don't even have MVS anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> you have number 22 worry. and number 28. Get don't somewhere. worry. Don't worry. You have your expert tight end, Robert Tunyon, there. Um, God, hey, get some receipt, any kind of receiving help. I can't I wait for them to take another quarterback. I'm going to laugh my ass off. I've got my fingers crossed so hard. That'd be incredible. Troy Jordan Love to the Lions along with their two first-round picks to move up to number two, and they take Kenny Pickett. <laughs> no, Malik Willis. They'll take Malik Willis. Speaking of Kenny Pickett. <laughs> take, take Sam Howell, number two. <laughs> anyway. Speaking uh, of Kenny Steelers. Pickett. Yeah, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think I want to change this to the best player available. They've got a lot of holes. Uh, Big Ben obviously leaves a big one there. 
Unfortunately, they're down to two. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they're down to a two-man quarterback competition, and right. this quarterback class isn't excess. It's this quarterback class isn't extensively deep. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that are going to be starting this year anyway, and I don't know that I want any of them to be sitting behind Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. So I could see them going quarterback. It would make sense, but there's a lot of other needs. I think the only position they're solid at is running back and wide receiver, defense. And whatever position they label Minka Fitzpatrick. They're solid yeah. balancer. Yeah. Rover. Let's <laughs> call him the Rover. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much anywhere else on the field – they could go and draft somebody. Yeah, I definitely see them targeting interior offensive line or corner. Uh, that would be would be huge for them. Yeah, I forgot that they had Mitch Trubisky. Legitimately, totally forgot he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now mm-hmm. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Big big fan of that. The MVP in Pittsburgh. The MVP of Pittsburgh Steelers. The- all right, so for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, every football analyst out there will tell you quarterback. But here's the thing. They have a perfectly fine game manager in Kirk Cousins. He's not great. He's not going to go out and win you football games. But he's also not really the one that's going to go out there and lose you a football game. But you could get the younger version of Kirk Cousins in Kenny Pickett. Or I could go <laughs> get some help right away to help my aging secondary. Uh, because that's that's honestly, to me, the biggest need out there. They have had some serious defensive issues um, the past few years. I'm almost tempted to say best defensive player available here, but I'm going to stick to my notes here. I'm going to stick to defensive back. Uh, I think that's going to be the biggest need here. Harrison Smith is fantastic. Unfortunately, he's starting to get up there. Can you um, he's on the wrong side of 30. Can you imagine a safety duo of Harrison Smith and Kyle Hamilton? That Notre right. Dame pair is wrecking dudes. So, mm-hmm. uh, battle of the white dude safeties. That's very Minnesota. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely going to be DB for me with best defensive player a close second. Yeah, totally fair. Holy shit! But, I got to agree to one. First time for everything. Actually, actually, no. They should. Uh, they should replace Dalvin Cook. Whoa. <laughs> Bold. We'll move on to the South, starting with the AFC South. We're going to go Houston Texans, and this one's pretty obvious. Best player available. Right. Yeah, I'm going to take an obvious one here, too, with the Falcons. Um, could get away with best player available. I'm going to sit there and say I don't think they're a very intelligent organization. They're going to reach in a quarterback. I don't think they will. Yeah, nice. I think they're going to stick one year with Marcus Mariota. That's uh, valid. I forgot they signed him. Someone comes back with Arthur Smith. I think that would be really fun. And the quarterback class. Wasn't is... Marcus Mariota sat by Arthur Smith for Ryan Tannehill? Semantics. <laughs> Semantics. Um. Yeah, we're looking at a better quarterback class next year. I know everybody says that, but honestly, you're looking at two different guys. Yeah. You're looking at, you're looking at Bryce Young, you're looking at CJ Stroud. In whatever order, I know which order I prefer. Um, anyway. He prefers CJ Stroud. You, you will need what? to. You will need to be 
in the top two to get a quarterback next year. There are other guys who will potentially improve their draft stock with a good college season. But let's be real, even when we say it's a better quarterback draft class next year, it's two guys. So the smart move for any organization this year is even if you have a Mitch Trubisky or a Marcus Mariota starting for you, go ahead and lose those games. Or or a Sam Darnold hint hint to where I'm going next. Get yourself that top five pick. Get yourself at least in tradable range to get yourself up to top two. Because CJ Stroud and Bryce Young coming out. And other than that, who are you really looking at at quarterback next year? Um, looking at the guy out of Florida. I mean, not really. Um, who's the guy at Wake Forest? He's not even, I don't even know if he's eligible yet. Sam Hartman. I, I thought mean, Sam Hartman was in this class. No, he's definitely not. Sam, Sam Howell is in this class. Yeah. Um, I mean, Spencer Rattler just shines all the way off on him. DJ Uyunglele was garbage last year. KJ so Jefferson, maybe? Yeah. That's if reach. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, exactly. It, it is really just CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Right. Um, who's the UCF guy at Oklahoma now? Mackenzie um, Milton. Yeah. Oh, no. No, no is he in Oklahoma? Dylan, Dylan, Dylan Gabriel. Oh, that one. Um, is he going to light it up at Oklahoma and end up getting in the first round somehow? Doubt it. But maybe because everyone beyond those top two is a stretch. So get yourself to lose some games. Pick up a defensive lineman. You know, build for the future there would be the better move. Because you ain't, you ain't winning with Desmond Ritter. I'm sorry. It's just I love the guy, but he's not an elite quarterback. Mm-mm. But on to the Indianapolis Colts edge. There's this team's pretty solid, man. This this was honestly a hard one uh, for me to put anything down. I actually took Doug's advice on this. Full disclosure. Hey. Edge. Yeah, I. It's hard to say too much else. They need receiver too, but at the same time. Are you really going to build from the outside in? Or are you going to build from the inside out? It's better to build from the inside out. You know, get that the line squared away. Yep. Panthers. Man, this one's tough because they have workable guys at wide receiver. They have a serviceable quarterback for this year. So I actually am going to update what I'm saying here is outside of running back, best offensive player available. And even that, you could probably keep in well, running back, too, because you don't know what you're getting out of Christian McCaffrey. But right. I think you, you guys know that I think Chuba Hubbard's going to be good over time. Um, he was pretty good last year. And that's what I'm saying. So I'm going to go best offensive player available outside of running back. Man, you can't help yourself from talking about Chuba Hubbard. God you love it. the guy. You're in love with the man. Um, so here's an interesting situation with the Panthers. Most of the rumors around them were that they were going to look for offensive tackle in the draft. Uh, at the same time, I don't know how much I believe that. And you have to really consider this Matt Rule's contract year. Because if he doesn't start winning, there's going to be yeah. some issues for him. And I would not be at all surprised if the Panthers either trade up or get a quarterback to fall to them at number six and go ahead and take one and see what happens. 
I agree with you. They shouldn't do that. But I think that's probably what's going to end up happening, unfortunately, if you're a Panthers fan. <laughs> Which, how many of you are there even? Let's be real. Before we talk about uh, one of the other cats in the southeast of our great nation, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Ghost Falcon, I agree, the Bears need an offense. And much like the Jaguars, we said the Bears were going into your offensive line. I'm just going to go very broad and say the Jaguars need to go offensive line in general. There's not a single position that I feel very confident about on that offensive line. And you got to protect Trevor Lawrence. You got to give him more time. If you want to have any sort of success, you got to make some improvements there. I, I would almost actually, going along with what you said, if I were to specify it down, I think they need another tackle before they jump into interior offensive line. So I'd lean offensive tackle personally. Uh, but yes, you're right. They can't go wrong with the offensive line as a whole. So here's the thing. I totally agree with you. At the same time, <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. I know. Which is stupid. And what do you mean you don't th- In all of your mock drafts, you have them taking an offensive tackle. Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> you didn't see the one that I published this past week, did you? At, I was just at, looking. I think I mixed up this. I, I think I did. Were you put the trades in? Yes, I did. Oh, that one, no. I did not see trades. There well, you go. Last one I was tracking was Ike McQuanu. Um, I I would love for them to do that, but I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to take Aiden Hutchinson. I really do. And I wish they wouldn't because offensive line is still a huge need. But it seems like they are content with Cam Robinson right now at left tackle. For the life of me, I can't understand why. They, well, they got to bring back Saxonville. They got to bring back Saxonville. They have no marketability right now outside of Trevor Lawrence. I can't wait still for Still protect your marketability. Man, it'd be, I can't wait for Aiden Hutchinson to get completely exposed by the Titans in a run game. I can't wait for Aiden Hutchinson to get bowled over by that Colts offensive line and for freaking nobody back there at quarterback to launch 800 yards a game on him. What are you going to do? Great. What are you going to do if he wins Defensive Rookie of the Year? I'm going to cry myself to sleep for three weeks straight. Depends on what happens the weekend of Thanksgiving. Also very accurate. Let's move on to New Orleans Saints. <laughs> yeah, man, this one's tough for me because I, you can make an argument for wide receiver because uh, they have Michael Thomas and question marks. Um, you can make an argument for tight end because they have Taysom Hill. I was going to say you can make an argument for Michael Thomas is question mark. Almost <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, in fact, that's been his designation for like the past year and a half. Uh, it's just is he going to play? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but... I think I'm going to change this one to the best offensive player available because, again, listening to your argument earlier, Doug, yeah, they have a serviceable quarterback for the season, right? So I name is Jameis, and almost the same restriction. They don't need a running back, like right. And they lost. They lost. Well, they might. They might need a running back. We haven't. Yeah, to be determined. not going to hear anything about that until right as the season starts. Exactly. Uh, so, so it's not something they're to address in the draft. Good luck to the Saints with that one. <laughs> I don't envy their position, but that brings us to the Tennessee Titans. This is their weak spot last year. They haven't addressed it in free agency. I kind of get it. The defensive back is a position secondary. That's something I would want to address in free agency versus risking it in the draft. 
if you don't have something a solid foundation already, which the Titans don't. But they might be able to find a guy or two uh, to kind of build that foundation back up. So I am going to disagree here. Um, because last year in the first round, they drafted Caleb Farley. Um, and he got hurt. Freak thing, he was out for the season. He comes back, I think that solves your issue. And you have other needs then, right? I'm not saying it solves it completely. They're not going to be one of the best secondaries in the league. With, with are, you thinking, are you thinking linebacker, front seven somewhere? I'm thinking either linebacker or receiver. Um, now, I know, I know they run their offense through the running backs. Whoever it is, even Derrick Henry's out, they run it through Deontay Foreman. But right. <clears throat> they, all they have is A.J. Brown right now, honestly. That's so, true. Or I don't have end. enough. A tight end would be great for them, but I don't see them taking that in the top two rounds, really. But uh, a linebacker would be great. If they can get Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean down there at the bottom of the first round, I would, I would very much enjoy that. All right, for me, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this one I'm sticking to, uh, if you believe the rumors, they were absolutely gifted a year of leeway from Brian Flores with his lawsuit. If you don't know the rumors I'm talking about, I'm not getting into them. Um, oh, let's get, let's dive in. <laughs> okay, fine. I will, I will do that to you. I will do okay. that to you. Go ahead. Um, Man. But with them getting that extra year of eligibility, it should make it known to them that, by God, they need to draft a quarterback to sit behind Tom Brady for a year. You're talking Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter later in the first round. If they fall that far, that is a fantastic situation to have them in. Uh, and then they could take over next year. It's not going to happen. They're going to get drafted before they get there. But the Bucks definitely need to be looking for Tom Brady's replacement now so they don't get caught with their pants around their ankles like the Steelers are. My question to you, then, is how much better – are these quarterbacks compared to Kyle Trask? Because I would say not much. I would say Desmond Ritter. Bucks, I would I would argue Desmond Ritter is because Desmond Ritter has shown consistency. At this the point, the Bucks Desmond were Ritter, ready. The Bucks were ready to roll into the season with Kyle Trask because I don't think they were going to draft anybody either because it's I, it's a nothing draft as far as quarterbacks go. Yeah, but it again. Like you said, it's a nothing draft as you're as you're going. Are you going to bet with Kyle with Kyle Trask? You're willing to make the bet that hey, I'm going to end up in the top two. I think they're willing to make that bet. Um, or they could Brady, be doing the same thing with Kyle Trask that they would do with anybody that they draft, right? It, they they could be, but my my thing here is and why I'm sticking with quarterback is at least Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis. Those guys have put two years, at least two years of film of being consistently good on tape. Kyle Trask had one season, and he was inconsistent in that one season. I would argue that Malik Willis was more inconsistent. Well, <laughs> Tom Brady was inconsistent would, at Michigan. Tom Brady got help from a fantastic system, and we're watching it happen again with Mac Jones. It's the same ease them into the NFL system. I All right, here's the thing. I don't disagree with you that quarterback yeah. is a big need for them. I'm saying I don't see a quarterback – Taking a quarterback in this year's draft really helping them all that much, and I don't care which one you even get, right? Yeah. Even even if Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, even if they had their their pick of the litter, 
when it came to quarterbacks. I don't know that that really helps them this year. So why not hold off on that? Get yourself something else that you need. And it's probably something on the defense, right? If I were to pick a defensive player for them, it'd be a secondary. Um, mm-hmm. Their secondary took an absolute deuce last year uh, from what they were to in 2020 to 2021 was a drastic drop. And that's concerning. I agree. I agree, but also how much longer can you rely on JPP? How much longer can you rely on the Dobkin Sue? I mean, these guys are getting very old. No, you're, you're so entirely right. The front seven's in play. Uh, I mean, gosh, your linebacker's getting old, too, outside of Devin White's young, but he's the only young linebacker you have on the team. So <laughs> It's real easy to build around Vita Vea and uh, Devin White, though. I agree. So start building around them, right? They're going to be able to draw free agents, was my point with that, too. Also, I mean, you have to consider, too, Rob Gronkowski is still not decided whether or not he's going to play. And I'm OJ assuming Howard's he's not. I'm, I'm saying that, that he's not, yeah. Same. And uh, O.J. Howard's gone. Who do you have a tight end right now? Cameron Brait? I mean, come on. Get yourself a tight end. Name a tight end Tom Brady's played with that he hasn't made look good. Um, Aaron Hernandez. No, he made him look good. He not in hindsight. <laughs> no, Aaron Hernandez made Aaron Hernandez look not good. I mean, Tom Brady couldn't help him, so that was the point. But yeah, I didn't say Tom Brady had to stop everybody from killing people. Well, if he's supposed to be the greatest of all time, <laughs> God damn it, Doug. Tim Tebow stopped him. Anyway, moving on to the AFC West. Damn right, the best division in football. Um, I'm going to cover every AFC West team in one swoop because it is that simple. The Chargers are the only team that can really just go best player available because I don't see a lot of holes in their team. They have the unfortunate duty of being in the best division in football. Very hard to win that division. We'll say they have a lot right tackle. I was going to say, I need need to see them defend a little or protect Lawrence a little bit. uh, Not Lawrence, fuck. Herbert a little bit more. The rest of the division, defensive back. Yes. Everybody's slinging the ball around in that division, and you have to play each other twice. You better figure out a way to try and stop it. You could argue maybe Denver could benefit from going edge rusher, improving that pass rush. Vegas has it. Kansas City has it. L.A. has it. Denver, not so much. You could make the argument for them there. Yeah, you make the argument there. For pass rusher, for sure. I mean, if you have a full season of healthy Bradley Chubb, him alongside Randy Gregory should be pretty good. I call him. Right. And that's why I come back to defensive back. Right. And even that, Patrick Sertain was playing really well last year as a rookie. That's one. That's one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You don't have Chant Bailey and Akeem Tlaib. You know, you got (laughs) it. It's been a long time. All right, since you covered all of yours, I'm going to, I guess, take the rest of them. Seattle's going to be the easy one here, best player available, for the exact opposite reason of the Chargers. Uh, They are trash, they should feel like trash, and they should draft well, uh, so they are no longer trash. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, they have... They have into the season with a quarterback. Drew Locke. They got Drew Locke, man. 
fucking San Diego. So who are they rolling into the season with a quarterback? I'm telling you, Pete Carroll sounds like he's legit convinced Drew Locke might be their guy for this season. <laughs> well, yeah, because who's he going to draft? Back to my point with the Buccaneers. Anyway, continue. <laughs> All right. Uh, Niners, man, I want to see them get another wide receiver. They, they've got Brandon Ayuk. They have Debo Samuel. Really, they've got a lot of pieces they need. This is just kind of filling in minor needs at this point for the Niners. I'm looking wide receiver there. Get me that third wide receiver, and you guys might be in business business for something big. Business. In business for something big. Uh, the Rams, uh, I put offensive tackle here. Um, I'm sticking with that. I like, I, I think they're going to need a tackle. What's up? You don't trust no boom. <laughs> no, he he'll be okay. Um, but it really it's offensive line. They lost they lost a big chunk of their offensive line, and by a big chunk, I mean literally Andrew Whitworth. Um, That's and that was a, they yeah. signed no boom to essentially do that left tackle contract. I, so yeah, I, no, okay. I all right, fair enough. I'd rather go offensive tackle here. They lost um, Austin Corbett too. Yeah, people don't talk about that one. And then for the Cardinals, uh, we were just talking about with the Broncos, you can't do it with just one. Uh, Buda Baker is not the end-all, be-all solution for your defensive backs. You've got a solid front seven out there. I was looking at it. It was absolutely nuts. Uh, apparently, you believe in Christian Kirk because you just signed him to a massive extension. Um, Kyler Murray's your answer. You make an argument that James Conner is not the running back of the future, but I still think DB is going to be a bigger need. Yeah, I mean, there is most of that, except for the fact that Christian Kirk just signed that deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, I thought he was with the Cardinals. Oops. He used to be. I know I know um, he used to be. I thought that was where the extension was. Uh, you can make the argument for wide receiver. I hear Larry Fitzgerald might come back. I mean, he technically didn't retire, so anything's possible. Um, yeah, I I don't know that I necessarily disagree with any, anything for the West. Basically, everything you guys both said was right, except for the fact that the Chargers are, like, impenetrable, great, great roster. I could see them using some pieces in the secondary still, and I could see them using some pieces along the offensive line still, uh, like one or two at each of those groups, I think would just solidify it. I, man, even without addressing any of that, they are one of the best teams in the league, in my opinion. When you're drafting a first round, when you're drafting a first round offensive lineman to be a depth piece, you're doing something right. Well, it wouldn't be if they took a first round offensive lineman. It would probably be plug and play right tackle because you did lose Bulaga, which I mean, not that big of a loss anymore. Let's be real; it would have been three, four years ago, but not anymore. Yeah, no, no, he's like ninety six. Yeah, right. hey, same age as Roger Goodell, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so that was that was a long segment there. I think it was good stuff. It is talking about time. That takes us down to the last segment. It is bracket with your votes on our Twitter polls. You love it. Oh, yeah, see sounds. how today's bracket <laughs> What else could we well, we are do? Time. We're so inspired um, by you. That hasn't happened since we are last still counting down. Time. We are still counting down the greatest NFL MVPs of all time. All the way back to the first ever AP MVP in 1958. And 
we waited until MVP was announced for this past season so that we could include and instantly eliminate the 2021 Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That is so true. <laughs> the best thing we've ever done. But we have four matchups here today. You guys helped us vote on social media polls. We have polls on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Those links are all scrolling at the bottom of the screen. They'll also be shouted out at some point in this episode, I'm sure, and be in the description if you're listening to audio. You know, you know our social medias at this point if you listen to the podcast for any length of time. So, let's go ahead and jump into four matchups today. We're starting with 2019 Lamar Jackson up against 1965 Jim Brown, who was the better MVP and social media went with Lamar Jackson. Hmm. Lamar Jackson had almost as many rushing yards as Jim Brown and then added 3,000 or 3,100 passing yards on top. I really want to go Jim Brown, but I don't know that I can here. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm leaning. I'm going I'm to I'm stick with Lamar. I'm surprised that Jim Brown's stands didn't come out on social media because he got annihilated yeah. on social media. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got to go with Lamar kinda, Jackson, too. Kind of fair, though. Let's be real. Uh, I think this is getting into a generational matchup yeah. issue. I think that does sure. hurt Jim Brown to a large degree. Sure, but you also have to compare Lamar Jackson 2019. It was the second ever unanimous MVP. Exactly. Like exactly. This season was legitimately very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was Jim Brown's best season. I mean, he's the reason this is the, it's the reason this is the last Jim Brown that we have. He won three different MVPs. This is the last one in this bracket. And it was pretty good, especially considering the era. But come on, Lamar Jackson was amazing in 2019. Exactly. <clears throat> Next matchup to talk about here. 2006, LaDainian Tomlinson up against 1999, Kurt Warner. What do we got here? I think social media went with Kurt Warner, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And over to you guys. I know I, I'm i the losing vote here, and I know I'm the losing vote here, and that's okay. Lamar, uh, Lamar, LaDainian Tomlinson wow. put up what, 11 less touchdowns as a running back, put up two fumbles on the season, 1,800 yards, man. I I know where Ben's going. It's Ben's second favorite player, maybe his favorite player of all time. Uh, I don't care. I'm going LT on this one. Uh, iconic running back in my childhood, and that might be part of it. Um, but those stats for a running back, even compared to a quarterback, are just absolutely insane. So here's how, how great would it have been before you get into it, bud? How great would it have been to see Ladanian Tomlinson in the legit powder blues? Oh right. my god! I here's the issue I have because I I do think this is a lot closer than what it ended up being on social media. Um, the problem I have though, is we talk a lot about how the team overall did, 
Do the Chargers finish first place in the AFC West? Probably not. Do they still make the playoffs without LT? Probably not. Maybe. 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 They, I would say they well, probably don't win the division, well, but maybe say, they make the playoffs. This the year, wasn't this the year they had the special teams issue? Yes. No. No. No, that was a different year. That was 2010. No. Either way, this, this Chargers team as a whole was very good. Um. Man, Kurt Warren was the piece that brought gonna... the greatest show on turf together. 1999 was the start of the greatest show on turf, too. Man, exactly. That's like, that's... And that's the part. Is this is Pete Kurt Warner too? I've said it. I've said it several times that I don't know that Trent Green runs the greatest show on turf the way that Kurt Warner does. And here's here's the thing. Look at the 13 interceptions, right? This is a Mike Martz offense. I know Dick Vermeil was a head coach. This was still Mike Martz's offense. Mm-hmm. He tried to implement a lot of those things with somebody who I think has more arm talent than Kurt Warner and Jay Cutler in Chicago. Jay Cutler could not run that offense. And you could say maybe he didn't have the talent receiver. He didn't. Maybe he didn't that's what... Care. I wouldn't even say that. It's a lot of time. The, the way this all works is it's a lot of timing routes. Yeah. So you do just have to sling it, even if nobody's there. So, I don't know. It It is tough. It's really tough to say that the quarterback isn't the biggest piece in an offense either. I, It's close, but I am going to stick with her order. My, my, my meaning of your – the way I meet your argument that you just posed of how Kurt Warner is the guy who tied the greatest show on turf together – you're right. Like, I, there's nothing I can do to deny that. But I can ask you. Granted, it was Philip Rivers' third year in the NFL at this point. Third year starting wasn't really great yet. Who else was on that Chargers offense? You had Antonio Gates. You have LT, and you have Philip Rivers, who really isn't the star power that Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, uh, Marshall Falk. Like, that's my argument. Is yes. Kurt Warner tied it all together, but LT effectively in 2006 was the Chargers offense. There was no real other options there. So you are right in that there are more Hall of Famers on that Rams offense than there are on that Chargers offense. At the same time, how many of them were Hall of Famers until this season, right? Like Almost Kurt all Warner. of them were already on Hall of Fame careers. I would say Falk what, wasn't. What? This was Orlando Pace's rookie season. I mean, well, if you're looking at Tory Holt, yeah, sure. But first off, the dude coined pancakes. Yes, he was already a Hall of Famer in year one. That was at Ohio State, by the way. I know. Um, I mean, yeah, we're talking about an offense that had one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history, too. You can't just deny the Chargers. Didn't oh have no, good they piece. had Antonio Gates. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, hundred percent. They had so, another weapon. I don't know who they had at receiver though. To be completely honest with you. I mean, how many Chargers receivers can you name in history? Mike Allen, like Keenan Allen. I Mike see. Williams. I think get the wrong one. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Yeah, there it is. Um, man. Yeah, this is tough. I mean, I technically I mean, we just moved on Kurt Warner. So yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm still gonna make my argument, but yeah, hundred percent. 
I'm glad it didn't come down to me because I don't know who I would have picked. It was very tough. You'd have been having the same internal struggle struggle I was having. And for the record, Tory Holt was a rookie in '99. I didn't think he was. Isaac Isaac Bruce Isaac, was already. Yeah. Isaac Bruce was on a Hall of Fame track already. He had had yeah. a seventeen thousand yeah. or seventeen hundred yard receiving season and a thirteen hundred yard receiving season previously. So, all right, so that's that goes even more to what I'm saying. There was one guy who was established in L.A. in St. Louis. St. Louis. I want to say. Well, no, no, his rookie year he was in L.A. and then they went to St. Louis. I, God, fuck the Rams. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but like the rest of that team was, they weren't Hall of Famers yet. They were Hall of Famers because of the way it worked together. I started with this season. Pretty wild. What a, what a crazy story. I'm glad they made a movie about it, even though it was like kind of mid. Most movie. What's <laughs> your new favorite word of the day, mid? It, most things are mid. Let's be favorite, real. It's his favorite word of the month. Let's be real. It's, and Ricky yeah, Prohl is just an old. It. Ricky Prohl is just an old guy that found his way onto a good team. <laughs> like he was, he was the he was Mister Right, Mister Right now, not Mister Right. Yes, I guess. There's something about this that's gonna frustrate me later that I will specify after our last matchup of the day. Okay, uh, moving on. 2007, Tom Brady up against 1995, Brett Favre. Interesting fact. This is the last instance of Tom Brady and the last instance of Brett Favre remaining in this bracket. So we are losing a legend here today. Which one will it be? Uh, social media said that Tom Brady ought to move on. And I'll hand it off to Bug first. 16-0. Let's do it. Tom Brady's moving on. I mean, not just 16-0. This is peak Tom Brady versus peak Brett Favre. And as much as I hate him, I would still take peak Tom Brady over peak Brett Favre. I love the flowing locks. I'm glad I found the actual picture from 07 because that is amazing. This is peak Tom Brady in multiple ways. That is gorgeous. <laughs> that was the middle of a almost 30 game win streak when you include postseason games for the Patriots. Wild. And then they got knocked off by Eli Man. Come on. Fuck it. Doofus face. It's awful. So, last matchup of the day, we have 2020 Aaron Rodgers up against 1997 Barry Sanders. Can, can I pose a... Uh, Social a media was looking yeah, out for me on this one. Me. Social media was looking out for shame. me. This is it actually is. very wrong. Because here's the thing. <laughs> this is wrong for two reasons. Not only did Aaron Rodgers outperform Barry Sanders head-to-head like comparatively, even adjusting for quarterback and running back stats. This is also a slap in the face to LaDainian Tomlinson, who is not going to be the last remaining running back in, in these brackets. And I know Barry Sanders is in the other thing. We've got one more on the other side as well. That kills me, man. you got the guy with the record for mo- most rushing touchdowns, and he's not going to be anywhere near our final four. It's all because half of our fan base is biased because of Bug. Granted, I appreciate the bias, but oh, this is... This is such a shame. They got this one is very wrong. I know which way it's to going. To be fair, to be fair, Barry Sanders has over two thousand yards, over six yards per carry. I mean, the fourteen I, touchdowns is eh. It's whatever. Seventy point seven percent completion percentage for forty eight touchdowns for forty three hundred yards. Fuck and Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. This is the one year, the one season you actually have to look there and go. 
he earned that MVP. The one okay, year he I, earned it. Sure. At the same time, I think it's fair to say Barry Sanders earned his MVP as well. Barry it Sanders a, earned his MVP, yes. It was a saying. shared MVP for some reason because they, they decided it was uh, somebody else was just as good as Barry Sanders that year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, for I, with the third straight season. But, you know, <laughs> this was a legitimately great running back season for Barry Sanders. It and was. it was a legitimately great quarterback season for Aaron Rodgers. You're making it sound like it's a blowout in one direction. Did you it's, see the votes on Twitter? Or did you see the social media votes? I, I'm saying you're making it sound like it should have been a blowout for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no. And for, me, it, for me, it is. Like, for me, there's no question. Yes, I respect everything Barry Sanders did. 100% had a fantastic season. Yeah, I don't agree that it should be a blowout in either direction. So, I don't agree with either of you, is what I'm saying. <laughs> The social media pushes it. I know which way you're going to say. Go ahead and say it, Buck. I know you're dying to. I already said Barry Sanders. I mean, do you want to say the other part of this? Aaron Rodgers was officially eliminated from the bracket. There I kind of made my I kind of made my own bed here because I pushed on Barry Sanders based on Ben's argument of what would be a better matchup. Well, and he was trying to get Aaron Rodgers kicked out. Against Thurman Thomas, yes. so yeah, yeah, I knew I'd get him to lose to a running back. Grant, I'd still oh, take real. Barry Sanders over Fran Tarkenton every every day of the day. I take Barry Sanders over Aaron Rodgers every day. Oh my and... God, we're gonna! Oh, holy shit! <laughs> we're gonna get a Walter. If I had a prediction, this is not guaranteeing. This is how this is gonna go, but I'm gonna give my final four prediction. I'm gonna put it on the air right now. Okay. We're going to get Walter Payton. We're going to get Peyton Manning. We're going to get a Tom Brady. Oh, we can't get a Barry Sanders out of that. Okay, thank God. Nope. nope. Ooh. Ooh, that was close. Nope, we can't. Our four matchups for next week will be 2001 Kurt Warner against Walter Payton. will be 2013 Peyton Manning against 1994 Steve Young. And then the winners of today's matchups, we're looking at 2019 Lamar Jackson up against 1999 Kurt Warner. That's both Kurt Warners making the Elite Eight. That is going to be a tough matchup. And 2007 Tom Brady up against 1997 Barry Sanders. Absolutely nuts. Bonkers, if you will. Uh, next week is the last week of like traditional polls, the way we've been doing them. Then we get to our final, which is going to be different. But just hang on tight. we got another week of this to go. Make sure you vote on social media. All the polls will be out there. Twitter at BDT Football, Instagram BDT underscore football, and Facebook.com slash BDT Football. Vote all those places. Join our Twitch streams live at Big Dudes in the Trenches and go ahead and have a discussion with us live like we're doing right now. Uh, totally welcome your input on the stream. So, wow, what a bracket time. These are some real conversations that we're getting to. I mean, the 2020 Aaron Rodgers against Boomer Esiason was fun, but let's be real. Aaron Rodgers versus Barry Sanders is why we're here. So <laughs> we're getting down to some very fun conversations. I love bracket time. Wow, what a great podcast. <laughs> you know, even if it was a long one. We had some things to get through, man. A lot of things happening. It is the off season. But it ain't a time for resting. It's a time for getting better. 
improving. Building. So I, I do have one parting shot before we before I let Ben take us uh, into our joke of the week. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Oh Guys, boy. news is breaking that uh, in the 2028 Olympics, which are going to be in L.A., by the way, uh, they're trying to get flag football on the docket, and I am here for it. I'm excited for it. All of you college and Miro players, uh, your time is coming. Y- your time to shine is on its way, man. It's going to be amazing. Get up for it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the one I'll thing I will it. say, the one thing I'll say is I really hope that they make the flags like the country flags. The country flags, dude, that'd be awesome. Instead of hey, well, it'll be red and blue. Yellow or something stupid. Yeah, it'll be red and blue just like in boxing. I was going to say, the only issue there would be like if you have a China versus like a Russia. Well, uh, what's another country with a massively red flag? Uh, China versus Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Like... That'd, be, that'd be wild. They can you, have two sets of make... flags. Yeah, you need to have two sets of uh, That's what I was going to say. Is you need two sets of flags. Mm-hmm. Really, the issue is when you start getting into all the fucking countries with red, like white, and blue. France versus <laughs> Netherlands or something crazy. Versus Russia. The Netherlands would just be orange. It's easy. You're making the suit easy. There we go. There we go. There we go. Now we're thinking. Good guess. <laughs> you ever thought about this? Maybe. Humans are afraid of getting bit by spiders. But humans have more teeth. Spiders, they're afraid of getting stepped on by humans, but spiders have more legs. Just a little brain teaser. No real, um, no real punchline there. I've seen a camel spider. Ain't no spider afraid of getting fucking stepped on. That shit runs at you. Sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, it was. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is clearly all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win a